I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. As much as I think all people in fashion never feel like they get to the end point and they're like, am I really in it? Have I really done it? Am I really there yet? Um, I guess... The thing is, is to just dive in. And there is a very good phrase that my grandfather always told me and my brother, which is, don't ask, don't get. Hi, I'm Kemi Sharia. And I'm Monica Ainley. And you're listening to Fashion No Filter. Where we sit down with some of the lead creatives, strategic thinkers and emerging talent around us to interpret the ins and outs of the fashion industry today. Hello everyone and welcome to our first ever live recorded episode as part of our new Dressed for Radio series. But first a little note from this episode's wonderful sponsors. Founded in 1978 by Margareta Lay, Iscada is a luxury women's wear brand that stands for luxury, contemporary, colourful and effortless style. By the 90s, Iscada had become one of the biggest female fashion brands globally. Remember when Kim Bassinger won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in LA Confidential? You guys remember. That famous pistachio satin dress? You bet it was a scada. <sighs> Any outfit that can reduce Alec Baldwin, her husband at the time, to tears is all right by me. Escada continues to dress confident, independent, and stylish women around the world, which leads us to the topic of today's interview, female empowerment and the art of power dressing. Oh, and uh, just by the by, so you know, Kemi and I are wearing... I'm going to say one of our finest showings ever. Definitely. Of tailoring. Or certainly our boldest. Yeah, that's right. Be bold, right. be Escada. The question is, can you guess which one of us is in hot pink and which is in baby blue? Stay tuned. We'll tell you at the end of this episode. And now, without further ado, let us introduce you to this week's guest, the stylist Tallulah Harlick. London-based stylist Tallulah Harlick has been something of a darling of the fashion industry for many years. The daughter of Amanda Harlick, muse to the late Karl Lagerfeld, Tallulah graced her first catwalk aged 12. That's right, Tallulah grew up with fashion running through her veins, then forged an impressive career as a sought-after stylist and consultant. She is known for her styling work in Pop Magazine and Arena en Place, amongst many other magazines, and also known for her unique point of view and her bold take on femininity. Which makes her the perfect person to address our subject matter today. We hope you enjoy our first ever live episode and some illuminating questions from our live audience. Thanks for joining us. So tonight we are talking about a, a really important subject, actually. Female empowerment and the art of power dressing. 
and we've picked none other than Tallulah Harlick to talk to us about this because we felt that she's got a very, very unique sense of self and, <laughs> well, it's true. And as a stylist, she uses clothes to express ideas through her work. How much do you believe in the transformative value of what we wear? Undeniably, undoubtedly, completely. I have seen it 10 million times on set, on a shoot, amongst any sort of catwalk, that the second that somebody, a model or a person, embodies a garment that is expressive or fits the most beautifully to them personally, it's just takes someone to being next level in half a second, for sure. Great. So you're obviously British, and as I understand it, you have some experience of the British countryside as you are very much a London girl. Uh, how do you marry the two? That's a deep question. I mean, <laughs> it's true, and I feel the countryside is really, because it's where I spent so much of my childhood, and I go back to consistently still because, I mean, it's a funny one. I don't, I don't think they can be married very well, in my experience, in that when I'm at home in the middle of the countryside, in the middle of Shropshire, it is getting bunches of logs in, emptying the compost three Sexy. times a day, yeah. you know, going into the garden, picking the vegetables, getting the horses in, doing the stables, riding the horse. You know, if you try and wear your fancy pants clothes for that, forget well. it. It just, it snags, it rips. So that my mum, my brother, my elder brother, and I all have what we know as our home clothes in terms of a sort of secondary wardrobe of sad clothes that no longer... <laughs> can kind of live up to London living that then get kind of sent back to the countryside where they then get worn and if they get murdered by all sorts of paraphernalia that happens in the middle of the countryside it's not a problem because the idea of being very precious about clothes is something that I feel I feel quite hypervigilant about and so that panics me so I have countryside clothes London city clothes the two do not meet but doesn't that kind of like nonchalant kind of feed into British style in general? It does. And I think that somehow in terms of workwear and kind of definitely in the wintertime, that type of oversized quality of I can be in the middle of the forest and I can come and be in the pissing rain in London and it's not a problem. The two can be completely in and amongst the same. It just kind of does slightly happen and I know that kind of it's very old school Sloan Ranger I guess that <laughs> well we are on Sloan well Street. we are exactly that maybe used to happen it doesn't for me I don't put the two together and I keep them really really separate it just doesn't it, it doesn't marry so when you are in London do you think a lot about what you wear or has dressing become sort of work because obviously putting outfits together is part of your job I'm really pragmatic about what I wear and people take the piss out of me all the time because <laughs> I spend, I have, I'm very uniformed in what I wear. I wear a shit ton of sportswear. Um, it's because I do tend to work out quite a lot. Um, but then I just put on fresh sportswear afterwards. <laughs> like black sportswear is my jam. And I find it, I've ripped so many pairs of trousers and snagged 
beautiful dresses, being on set, kind of in and amongst it, squatting, getting down to it, getting to the model over there, trying to fix that bit around there. Oh my God, I've got to carry that box over there. There's a bodyguard that needs this. Yeah, it's quite physical work, actually. I don't think people realize that. Oh my God. I mean, there's an old school group of people who... I shall not mention their names. <laughs> Asterix. Name insert, and shame. Name and shame. Insert famous stylist name here. Yeah. <laughs> who I have seen on set by, you know, the nepotism that I'm privy to, um, totally sit down and are in the tightest pencil skirt and like itsy bitsy, you know, heels and this and that. But they don't, they aren't in and amongst it, like their assistants are, who are all wearing sportswear. Right. Um, so I just know for the physicality that what I'm like, because of being a country girl and doing all of that, the compost heap and the logs and the horses and the this and the that, I'm in amongst it when I'm in the city on set too. I think it's really funny. I mean, in my experience, when you work in fashion and have for a while, people expect you to walk in wearing a sort of Perfect outfit. Oh, for fuck's sake, and I literally walk into most places looking like my dad in the 90s. <laughs> I mean, you scatter girls know I, I actually did that this afternoon. Yeah. I think people were probably a bit confused. But, you know, it is yeah. it, because you look at fashion a little bit differently, maybe. Yeah, Not I that you don't so. want to. I mean, you do kind of want to look good. But, but, but the greatest people, like Grace Coddington to Joe McKenna, they are all really uniformed in what they wear. They have a kind of specific get-up that they want to put on, and they're hard and fast about it. It looks good on them, and they roll it out in and out all all the time. And I think that sometimes, I think as you say, when you look at too many images and you see that I am saturated with so many visuals and all sorts of creation, I can't, I need to keep myself the sort of, clean, clear, calm, collected. I can't busy myself because I have to have the focus to be able to understand whether it's the structure of a Comme des Garçons or the ingenious design of a Loewe and everything that comes in between. Do do you have people, this happens to me every day, so I'm asking you, do you have people apologise constantly for their outfits? Every time (laughs) I go anywhere with my mother, she's like, I'm so sorry for what I'm wearing. Are you going to be embarrassed to see with me? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm normal. You know, I don't judge people on what (laughs) they wear all the time. Do you get that a lot because you work in fashion? I don't think her mother apologized. No, no. That that was not the point I was trying to make. I do grasp mum up a lot. Every once in a while, people will notice on my stories that I've got mum. My mum does really interesting get-ups, particularly in the countryside. And I am like, what an interesting outfit you're wearing. This is going on the gram. And <laughs> she's like, what are you doing? Don't do that. But at the same time, like, isn't it kind of cool and chic? <laughs> <laughs> this is so mutual. And it's like, is it? Just to, just to interject here for a second, and this actually brings me to my next question. So your mother is Lady Amanda Harlick, who was a long time used to Karl Lagerfeld, the late Karl Lagerfeld, um, and a consultant. Mm. Um, she has been named numerous times as the best dressed woman in the world on the international best dressed list. Mm. Uh, what is it like <laughs> growing up with a mother like this? Like we need to know. And 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 also, did you always know that you were gonna go into fashion? <laughs> so I wish my big brother was here because we piss ourselves laughing a lot about mum in Sainsbury's. And <laughs> mum at the farmer's market and mum knee deep in horse crap, you know? And that is not 
The Amanda Harlick that is wearing the couture at the Met Gala, let me tell you. Which I think, that's the thing that's so real and honest and um, I value completely and why I guess it hasn't been so frightening or intimidating having my mum and the glory of her best dressed credentials because I do know how much that is on show at such time that people would be kind of dressed up to see that kind of thing and actually she's really not you know she's not like that all of the time and sometimes some of the things she puts together is really (laughs) 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 which I try to when I can and my phone is near enough to me with some sort of tiny bar of signal in the countryside like get it get it now get it um she it feels quite, I think she used to get quite annoyed about it, but I think she sort of thinks it's quite funny and intellectual now. So did you know you would always go into fashion? No, I didn't. I mean, I was very, I was, I spent, if I wasn't outside building dens and fighting with my brother um, and disappearing off into fields for hours until I was hungry enough to come home, I spent my childhood in the dressing up box and was constantly kind of, doing some sort of recreation of, I think, a witch most of the time. (laughs) Um, And mum loved that, and she'd have old fabrics from John Galliano's studio, and she's like... It was it was dreamy. We had costumes, but they were not from John Gardner's <laughs> costume. I'm so jealous. I'm going to tell my mother. <laughs> she listens to the podcast. Mummy, this is not acceptable. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was good. And I, I'm so glad that... It, 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 to take it to another level, I've got to say. But it was... I kind of guess I knew that there was something about dressing and clothes and something about getting in amongst it. I did go and change my outfit kind of three times a day. I remember my older cousins talking to me about that constantly. So it wasn't like it was always too far away, but I had an air of performance that I needed to get out of my system first and foremost. And um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the acting years. <laughs> the acting years. <laughs> oh my God. No. no, we don't need to. Let's get right back. When, but no, because, well, we, we can talk about it. Well, we can, if you think that you it's, wanna... it's, it's a kind of interesting... But it is, I think. And also, I... I mean, just so many of our listeners write in and say, but how do you get from, like, kind of making it in fashion to actually getting to a point where you are working and you are... Yes. Like, making money and doing the thing you want to do and fulfilled. And, yeah. and, and it's funny, because I... I don't know if anyone really feels like they have made it. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's because, you know, you never sort of finish the album or the masterpiece or the film doesn't come out. The seasons turn and turn and turn. So you never get to the end. You're never completed. And as terrifying as that is, it's also the joy of it in that it never ends and it can continue to develop and unfold. And I guess in answer to that question as much as I think all people in fashion never feel like they get to the end point and they're like, am I really in it? Have I really done it? Am I really there yet? Um, I guess the thing is, is to just dive in. And there is a very good phrase that my grandfather always told me and my brother, which is, don't ask, don't get. So Mm. you just have to ask. And I have learned this. It's like, if I think that I want to try and do something, if I think that there's someone that I want to try and work for, if I think that there's a publication that I can contribute to, I've got to ask. There's this sort of 
lofty idea, particularly in cr the creative industries, that it falls upon you, you sort of walk down the street and kind of are given everything and the whole thing is dreamy from there on in and it's just, it's so not like that and I know some of the biggest people in the industry who hustle so hard and I know the ways they do it and the clever little ins that they get and how they introduce themselves and how they follow up and how they take that person for dinner and how they buy that person's art and how they then offer them something and can you come and do this and maybe we can do that campaign like it's a thing yes yes, yes. no thank you for saying that no, no, it's, it's really important. important for people to understand that it looks as if it yeah kind of serendipitously kind of unfolds in this seamless way and no like of course who you know is massive and the ability to have a relationship with the people that you work with to be able to get to the next job and the next kind of credential and in for sure but there is so much of rapping on the doors and saying, hey, I think that I could contribute something really special, how about it? Yeah, it's like you've got to have the idea consistently and you've got to pitch the idea consistently. Mm -hmm. so, so speaking of this, do you think that you can actually dress for success? I, yeah, I think you can actually. I really think you can. I think Dress for the job you want, not for the one you have. Is that true, do you think? Yes, I do. I feel like... There's a lot of fake it till you make it, but I do feel that so much, I think it's really interesting at this point within our world that we're coming to understand particularly kind of in fashion and more and more so by the minute, I guess, is that it is an inside job and that there is an element of throw it all on on the outside, but if somewhere there are the kind of shameful, harboring, painful things that keep us small and keep us back, that's going to come out. It's going to come out in the expression of self. It's going to come out in something to do with the energy of holding back or giving too much or however it is for any individual that has these blocks and has these kind of feelings about themselves that are hidden. You, I don't think that... I think that you can maybe get in the door, but if... I think more and more so people are beginning to understand, oh, my God, I can't just buy the outfit. I've also got to ask myself the inner questions. Mm. So into the topic of power dressing, and you know, I think that all of us would arguably be power dressed right now, for example. Ta-da! But I think it's interesting to note that all of us have taken a lot from menswear mm. in what we're wearing. And so is power dressing by its very definition borrowing from the boys? Like this is a huge and loaded question, but can you power dress and be dressed in a highly feminine way? I do feel like it's incredibly powerful to be within something very uh, sensual, leaning on potentially sexual. I think that that is, I mean, the, speaking as a woman, from a female point of view, I think, you know, the naked body is incredibly powerful. So without anything on it. And so in a way, although for sure a sense of masculine or androgyny on a woman, I find particularly powerful. Mm. Equally, I do think that there is a sort of intense way that someone can dress, I guess, their sensuality and, and the femininity that they have that can be... I mean, we can think of... It might be powerful in the wrong way, but we can think of those early, early Thierry Mugler that, that yeah. were all about 
the shape and the form and the curvature of those early 90s supermodels mm -hmm. that was completely orchestrated in around how sexy they were and moving on that sense of sexuality that weren't just in a suit. So, and that felt kind of powerful in quite a kind of dominating way. Totally. No, yeah. But do you think you have to be dressed like one of the boys if you're in a boardroom or in an important meeting to be heard properly? I feel like, no. I think that this is when it comes back to the inside job. I think mm. that if a person is able to hold themselves in their integrity, they know what they're about, they've looked at their dark side, it doesn't frighten them, they feel confident in their expression and what they have to give, I don't think it matters what they were. That's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the ability to assume your femininity mm. and feel powerful at the same time, like, I think it can exist. This yeah. is my opinion, but I think that there are a lot of women that struggle with that in their, when they're in male-dominated environments. And it's unfortunate, but I... But we're making progress, wouldn't you say? We're making progress, although the statistics are wild yeah. and yeah. frightening. But, yeah, I think that it's about... I think it's about every individual, however they identify themselves, as truly sticking behind a sense of, I guess, yeah, it's the truth of what that person's about, so that therefore it then, it kind of precedes any aspect of what is adorned on the outside. And I've, I've seen that with different, all sorts of different people of, of traveling around because of fashion and seeing the most incredibly poignant, powerful people be able to relay something to me that, in the presence of they are so strong in what they know that they're telling me, it doesn't matter actually how they're dressed. Okay, so to that, Angela Merkel, Theresa May, Hillary Clinton, they've all been known to don an Escada power suit. But in your opinion, <laughs> is it in any way sexist to be discussing outfits of our female politicians? They're the most potent example, but I'm, I'm, I'm anyone in business. Do you think it's sexist to be... Right, because, like, this isn't... Ja Jackie Kennedy also wore a Scotta a lot, no. but, she, you know, she was the first lady, so it's not the same role. Angela Merkel is the actual person in power. Like, should we be analysing it in the same way? What do you guys think? I don't think that it's a problem that women use their clothes to express themselves, and I don't think it is sexist to look at someone's outfit. I always have thought that it's an incredible, powerful tool that we have, and sometimes wearing something that stands out in a sea of suits is a way to get a message across. You can be more accessible, you can be more... You, you know, your outfit says a lot about you. But I think you're looking at that in a really positive way, and I agree in that sense, but when women politicians, let's keep using the example of politicians, are criticised in a way that men would yes. never be, Trump's suits don't fit him. Um, his, <laughs> but, like, but, is anyone ever going to say But they this? do. Trump, for Trump is a very good example because the length of his tie is commented on frequently... <laughs> And people yeah, say that like, maybe he has to compensate. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I want the New are York Times to write a piece about that. But I, are you insinuating I don't get my news from serious no. sources? <laughs> no. I'm a very serious person. So you're right. People do comment on Trump's time. They do. And I think that this is the other thing. I think you can talk about these things without being sexist. It's just if you reduce people to that... Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff that's reductive, for sure. I mean, I guess when I... The thing about politicians is that 
I really want to know who all their stylists are. Yeah, and yeah. quite <laughs> frankly, it's, it's, it's not good enough. It's just not good enough. <laughs> and Caroline Lucas of the Green Party, you know, I work with lots of sustainable brands and I don't think she's calling in any of their stuff. <laughs> so I'm really interested to know, when I see that she's wearing black nail polish, I'm like, is that eco-gel nails. <laughs> I don't know that it is, babe. And I'm all about the greens, obviously, country girl. But it's just kind of, I think that, uh, do you know what? They need a lot of help and I wish that they were getting it. And it's frustrating because I think that actually those people in that position of power, if they dressed better, would be more... I would, would, as you say, would be able to get a message across in a much more forthright position that in is currently happening. I'm really interested in what's going to happen to my current favourite in the US, AOC. Well, I was about to bring Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez up because she looks amazing yeah. Yeah. to her strength in a lot of ways, but also, I believe, to her detriment on, on several levels. I think that there are a lot of cranky old men who refused to take her seriously at first for that specific really? reason. Also her age. Mm. But, um, I mean, she's 29. Mm. But I think also, in my opinion, or, or, or people went to great lengths to find a video of her dancing um, oh, yeah. on a rooftop while yeah. she was in university, which actually kind of backfired and yeah. it just made people love her even more. Yeah. But, I mean, would that be done to a young male politician I'm not entirely sure no I don't think so but the thing is is that there's not so much leeway in how much you can I mean well speaking in in the industry of course there is but on to to a sort of outside population who who don't see the nuance of cut you know sewing and how things fit and tailoring a suit is a suit is a suit is a suit and so there's so much more to say of kind of Ooh, what shoes is she wearing this time? Mm. What's her necklace? And mm. is she wearing a skirt? Is she wearing trousers? What colour is it? Da, 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 da. Like, there's so much more to go on in the way that women dress that can be mm. picked apart True. and pulled apart so that there are many more column inches and items delivered about it. Would you like to style AOC? Fuck yeah! Oh so much! I'm like, I think of so many things in my mind of like, oh my God, this, 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 this. She's mega. I'm all about her. She's mega. I'm she really trying mega. to like get her. But to this kind of so. proves the point that what you wear, what you wear really, really makes it so important because it's what your, your first impression. Yeah, it is. And it's a powerful one. And certainly when we look back at when we look back at people who were prolific from the past, there's so much in their sense of their dress. Mm. And I do feel like, you know, JFK was a gorgeous man. And I know he's wearing a suit, but that was chic. And I'm just mm. a little bit worried about where this has all sort of got to now, which is just kind of not quite pulling it all together. And I, I feel like that's really lost in politics. Fashion mm. is lost in politics at the moment. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been that long. Obama looked pretty good. He did look good. He's a babe. He was into my He's casual dad, dad weekend look. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have actually subconsciously inspired it. Really? I've looked at so many pictures of him. So yeah. just tell me what it is. It's what is just it? like, well, it's like dad trainers that are purposefully not. Okay. And then jeans that are just straight-legged and kind of wide and go up quite high. And then like a big... A big what? <laughs> big white t-shirt that you tuck in. It's not that big, but it's like not tight. But it's cool, man. Yeah, it's I like... wear it every day. It's great. I and a blazer, that. and I wear a blazer to not look totally 
Obama <laughs> would wear this to walk his dogs around the White House. <laughs> and a lot of people got paparazzi photos of this wow. or his photographer. And, uh, and it really inspired me on a lot of levels. I'm down with that. You should be inspired by Thank Obama. You. I am. <laughs> Wait, actually, by the way, she's the only one here that's married, so it works. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michelle. That's um, We wanted to get some styling tips from you. You don't need them. Oh, guys. we do. Yes, we do. We, do. <laughs> we definitely want them anyway. Like, so Cammy's done an interesting thing. I think you'll agree with her. Um, beautiful Escada blue suit, because you've got a kind of loose. Silky trouser, which you've put with the with the flat. I'm wearing it? it with Jesus shoes, which I realise is highly unacceptable because I got shouted at a few times on the street. Did you? Yes, people. Oh, it was in French, but I got told that they were the ugliest shoes they'd ever seen. And I turned around and I said, "You have to have a bit of everything to make a perfect world." So. Oh my God. <laughs> They're very tough in Paris. Um. Yeah, they are. They are. That's why I live in this country. Actually, um, when our guests were when our guests were arriving, I, I was told that it was obvious that I was the one who lived in England and Monica was the one that lived in Paris because she looks chic and I just look a bit eccentric. <laughs> no. But if so, if if Cami were going to go in this suit to a red carpet event, how would you? What would you change about her styling? Right. <laughs> go on, give it to me. Okay, so you can't go on the red carpet. <laughs> as much as when we were at the gallery this morning and walking around. I love them, I, by I the way. I love them. And are we allowed to say where they're from or not? No. Okay. No. Well, you know, there you go. You don't They're know. inspired by the Tiva, which like, is like a 90s classic, right? The, the flat, strappy Velcro right sandal. It's a flat, strappy Velcro sandal. It's on every fashion set. Ever. Precisely. Worn by all set designers and stylists too. And dads. And dads. And dads. So basically you would need to have quite a beautiful, elegant heel mm -hmm. um, that I would probably say needed to be open toe and a little bit of something she can call. You can't really have closed toe when you're wearing a suit like that on the red carpet. And because you're too young. And because it would look boardroomy. Ooh, interesting. So a closed toe is for an older woman. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> no, but I totally no. get what you're saying and agree. It's <laughs> a very diplomatic panel. When, yeah. I would mean, you, would you, because I love the top you're wearing underneath, but would you take that off for a red carpet? A hundred percent, I would take it off. I also have a major thing about accessories on the red carpet in the, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would remove, and I'd probably do something to your hair, like... Brush it. <laughs> I'd either put it back into, like, a really tight, chic, kind of, like, 90s hair back that Bella Hadid keeps on doing, mm -hmm. kind of, constantly. Oh, it does look good on Bella, yeah. Or I'd do that. Or I would... Um, That's what I did in Cannes, guys. Did you? Yes. Did you? Yes, I did. I did. Did you copy Bella? No, I, I copied myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was Actually, I do actually think that Bella always looks quite good on the red carpet. She, yeah, does. she does. Yeah, she really gives good red carpet. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have another styling question. What? Oh, you do want to keep going? Well, the other thing, if I didn't put her like that, I would give her um, very, like, without fail, natural looking. Um, blonde. I'd make her hair longer. 
My hair? Yeah, make it come out. <laughs> hair extensions, obviously. What? Really no, 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 unacceptable. I won't, I won't, I won't wear them. This won't is wear. really interesting because I know Kenny really admires your style and I have longed to see her with long hair, but she's not a so long like your, hair person. So like your length hair? Yeah, but it doesn't look good on me, then I look Californian. No, dude, not when, not when you're on a red carpet and it's chic and Got it's you. in place. Okay, well, I know who to call for my next red carpet. <laughs> yes. Now, I would like to know if you think that it would be possible for me to wear this suit to a business meeting. Yeah. You know, serious one. Get off Where the I'm granny shoes. Lose the granny shoes. Money. They're not, <laughs> those aren't granny shoes. They're very Again, we won't mention the brand. <laughs> <laughs> they're really chic and really sweet, and they're open at the back. Yeah, and they've got a little bow. But um, what would I? But maybe I would wear a different shoe for business, and maybe I'd wear a shirt underneath. My not necessarily. I mean, there's something. I do think that there's something kind of cool about when you're wearing something more. When you're particularly when you're in a business meeting. I mean, it depends what business it is. But you yeah. could wear the best, newest pair of trainers. But if I were a lawyer, like my mother's a lawyer. Would I, could you, I wonder if she would have worn this. I think nowadays you can, as a lawyer in a, in a trendy office, yeah. if you're wearing a really as good suit. As long as suit, it's a suit, I think If you you're wearing wear... a really beautiful suit, you can get away with trainers, okay. surely. Like, isn't that the American fresh way? trainers. Yeah, like, clean, then like, you've yeah. not been raving at glass And maybe not before, dad but... trainers. <laughs> no. Like maybe Stan Smiths that have just come out of the box, but I'm a bit bored of Stan Smiths. I'm too bored of them. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not into it. But, you know, a different Adidas, New New Balance. Veja, they're sustainable. I love the look. I actually wear um, a suit with a very plain, very fresh, new white round neck T-shirt. That'll do it, too. And the other thing in winter, if you wear a polo neck under a suit. Oh, very chic as well. Very chic. Do you do that? No, because I get really hot really easily. So yeah, I noticed that earlier. I know. I get so hot. It's the, it's the country air that's forever mm. in me. I'm like like a furnace inside all the time. Why do you think that suits have become such a popular choice for the red carpet in recent years? Do you think it was always the case, or do you think that really is a trend of right now? It's definitely a new trend. We right? can definitely look back from like golden era that was about the gown, and things have definitely shifted to. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just something where people are more happy to express a sense of that, it's annoying, but masculine side that doesn't have to show off every kind of curve of the female body in quite the same way. Yeah, sometimes I feel sexy in a suit. Yeah, mm. me too. Something to the imagination. Mm. So uh, what does being bold mean to you? Is it breaking down those gender stereotypes or is it like speaking up about something that means means a lot to you? How would you being define it? Being bold. I think that being bold is about being... It's unfair. Initially, when you said that, I kind of thought about being ruthless, um, which I don't think is correct, actually. I think that um, there is a friend who has come up in conversation a few times today, LD, um, who is bold. Absolutely. <laughs> Why? And she is bold <laughs> because she just has conviction in her delivery of exactly what she's saying and what she means and that's being bold it's sort of conviction in what you're about and what and what you're there to say i feel Love it. that's a good definition i have one last question for you before we go on to answering questions from our very patient audience um how do we get away from this notion that if you're a working woman it's not acceptable to have an interest in fashion or that it's in any way 
denigrating for us as women to talk and care so much about what we wear? I know it's a big question, but I just feel like it's a nice note to end on. I mean, okay, you answer it first. I have, I have a, something to say about this. I think that if we are gonna, you know, criticize fashion in that way, then we need to criticize all sorts of creative industries. We need to criticize art. We need to criticize any creativity around food. Um, like, it's a lot of industries. It's not just fashion. Everybody needs to get dressed every day. So that's kind of part of everyone's lives. And there are lots of people who don't have a lot who still enjoy the creativity of it. Also, fashion creates a lot of jobs. Like, a lot, lot, lot of jobs. And I think it's important for us to keep that in mind. It's a massive industry. I mean, I live in France. It's one of the biggest industries, uh, one of the biggest employers. The French government is, like, super rightly really involved in the fashion industry. Um, I mean, the Elysee, which is, like, the uh, 10 Downing Street equivalent, is constantly having fashion overs mm -hmm. and fashion people over. Um, very excited going for the first time on Tuesday. What? Oh uh, yes, I'm really excited. I'm going to, and I'm going to meet Brigitte, which I have to say, Brigitte Macron. I'm going on a tangent here, but that is a female political person who we haven't discussed, but maybe that's for another episode. Super excited. What are you going um, I don't know. A power suit. <laughs> Escada, Monica might need a power suit to wear to yes. the Palais Yes. I'm... You should wear a power suit. You I... definitely need to yeah. wear a power suit. Yeah. yeah, I should actually. I definitely should. Um, but anyway, where was I going with that? Oh, yes. Fashion is really important to a lot of people mm. who are very serious and very concerned about the world. So mm. I don't actually think that it's fair when it gets written up. What would you say? But wait, do you, I kind of feel like I need the question to be rephrased. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, my point was, I think that we all know how big an industry fashion is and we all know like that you have to get dressed in the morning and it's not just about being functional. But what I mean to say is that there are a lot of us who I think are smart and in very in high-flying jobs in the city or whatever and who still care about what we want to wear and it doesn't make us any... Oh, like an airhead. Yes. You like I think, like, you're made to feel as a woman that because you care about your outfit, even if right, you're like not you've in fashion... Right, you worked in the city, did you feel like yes, that? I'm, okay. Yes, and I feel like you are often made to feel like you're not one of the cool people, the crew, like the men, if you're going to be worried about, like, oh, does my sh do my shoes go with my this or am I wearing... I just think that fashion is given a bad name and I'm not even going into the, the, the economy of it, all of that. I'm just talking about as women, I think we do like to express ourselves mm. through our clothes. And I, I don't think, think men do too, by the way. A hundred percent. But too. I think I wish they could more. And we are made to feel small about it. And that's what I'm, what, I'm just wondering how we change that. And if we can. Mm. Again, I mean, I think that slowly as a sense of equality comes to the fore, I feel like that will begin to happen. And I, I don't know, I just feel like, again, it comes down to people looking at their inside. And if they feel worthy and interested and inspired and creative and whatever it is that they feel suits them and works with them and is that within their value system, they can pull it off. And it really doesn't matter what anybody kind of says of how long have you spent putting yourself together rather than looking over the notes of whatever this, that and the other that we have to put to the board meeting to get. Like, it just doesn't matter in such a way that... A, a person, a, you know, a woman maybe who feels like they're being intimidated by someone who thinks that they're foolish for loving fashion. 
if they come through with the kind of that sense of being bold, that sense of having the conviction, that sense of knowing what they're about, that will completely eviscerate any negativity that anybody has to kind of throw their way, I think. Here, here. Here, here. Thank you, Tula. Thank you so much. Does anyone have a question? Oh. Yes? Oh, hang on. There's just, there's a microphone that we're going to... No, no, that's too much pressure. ...pass around. <laughs> Is there a microphone? Who's got the microphone? Sorry. We that's just want to... That way we can record your questions. That's, that's absolutely fine. Thank you, Claire. I'll grab the mic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was just wondering, because we were talking, obviously, about in... Um, industries where fashion isn't as prevalent and people being interested in fashion being disparaged. But what about when you work in a fashion industry and you're in an office whereby what you wear is judged every day mm. and whereby if you can't afford whatever designers you're being judged or if you're not in the right vintage stuff, you're being judged. Mm. Like, how do we tackle that as a society? Because that's also a huge problem for women. That's Good question. True. So true. And it's really bad. And I do think that the kind of rivalry that happens in offices and around fashion of who's got what deal and who snagged what from what sample sale or who worked on a shoot and then they got gifted this, that and the other. And so they got a leg up in what they got to take home to their wardrobe. It can be really divisive. And I have so been there and I remember it well. And I remember this whole deal that thankfully has gone where everybody would rush to certain high street stores to get mm -hmm. certain things, knockoffs, this or that, to be able to be a part of something that they, ha they had to grip onto because otherwise they felt that they were going to be left behind and it was kind of going to be, yeah. they were going to feel decimated in the office. It was that, was, that was really bad. And I think that as the look of fast fashion has thankfully really had its day, um, it leaves it open to people uh, hopefully being able to make more conscious choices. I hear what you're saying about those in the office that it does become this competition. It's hard. I feel like, I guess I take it with a pinch of salt when I know, well, they've got that because they were hooked up on that job or that, or they got the invite to the sample cell that no one else knew about, or they got that. So in a way, then it just comes back down to, what is my identity? How do I feel about myself? How do I want to present myself? And what clothes look good on me in terms of what I'm saying? And I hone in on that. Fuck the trends. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with Leandra from The Man Repeller once where she said, to be honest, like the only way to, to, be, to be really respected is just to be yourself. If when you dress, you put across your personal point of view and you don't have to feel like you're trying to merge into everything. Mm. Yeah, totally. Or just do Tallulah and wear sportswear. <laughs> yeah, but exactly, also. which used to be, and, and people were like, are you, in yeah. are you in fitness gear again? I remember a guy I was dating. These are stretchy <laughs> <laughs> and they're amazing. But you know who they're by? Your favourite person? Who? PP. These are PP. Who's PP? How do I not? Phoebe Philo. Oh! <laughs> My favourite person. <laughs> um, Phoebe Philo down with the sportswear. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, really Phoebe. Vaseline, yeah. So, um, People used to take piss out of me with with my sportswear, and then they got to understand why I wore it on all the time. And but why I love it. it. Was, I'm, I, I yeah. love your outfit. And why it was like a uniform, and people kind of got it into my remit. But there was this guy. I remember him being. I <laughs> I remember him being like, "Are you in fitness gear?" 
again. <laughs> um, which I misheard, and I thought he said, are you in first gear? And so then I remember seeing him at someone's party where I was really wearing a beautiful dress and yeah. incredible high heels, the whole thing. And I remember being like, I'm not in first gear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember him being like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, isn't this like fourth gear? I can crank this baby up to five, six. Um, and he, I was lost on him. It was really embarrassing. And then I had to explain the joke. And then he, it was awful. But anyway, the point is, I think find the path, find the route, find what works for you and stick with it. Yeah. Personal style. Do you want the microphone? Yes. Thanks. I haven't actually really got a question. I've got, a, I've, I've got some comments and I fully agree with what you said about um, finding what works for you. And I mean, my attitude to people who look at me and think that I'm overdressed in any particular environment is my attitude is, it's actually your problem. It's not my problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great attitude. I'm wearing yeah. what I'm happy wearing and what I'm com comfortable wearing. And the fact that potentially you can't afford it or you don't like it is not my problem. And I think it's all about individuals, which I, you've said in a number of ways, as individuals, as women, we have to be comfortable in what we're wearing. I mean, one thing I would say is that, um, you know, dressing, looking sexy, looking feminine is important, but it can't be a distraction from the day job because I sit on a number of boards and so on, and there's certain things I simply would not wear in a boardroom that I would wear on the beach. Um, you know, I wouldn't wear an overtight skirt because I think it's, it's almost asking for a problem if anything happens. But there are other things that I would wear and I'm comfortable wearing, and if other people don't like it, it's too bad. Mm. <laughs> yep. True. Here, here, that's why yeah. I live in England, because <laughs> I'm saying it again, but it's true. I've, I've, I find that the French comment a lot about each other's outfits and are quite judgmental of one another, and that's why... People talk a lot about how great French women dress, but they all wear exactly the same thing because they're scared of standing out from one another. I, I think there are exceptions. But... No, of course. I'm gen <laughs> no, I'm massively generalising, but England is a country where you can walk down the street wearing a red feather dress in, at 9am on a Monday morning and no-one will bat an eyelid. Yeah. Probably, actually, you'll get a few cheers of people saying, like, you look great. Yeah, that's And true. I like the attitude. I like the attitude of giving people the freedom to wear what they like. Yeah. I just want to go back to one thing you said, and I totally agree with you. I do think that today we're getting away... We're slowly inching away from the idea that anyone is ever asking for anything in what they wear. And I think that, like, I just want to say that, like, I, I fundamentally believe that women should be able, able to wear whatever they want and for men to be able to behave themselves mm -hmm. in the face of that. Mm -hmm. However, I know <laughs> that when... Uh, that being said, it's just not the kind of attention you necessarily want to attract, right? Exactly. Like, I mean, we all know that. But, yeah. um, exactly so. And I, what I find quite interesting is I mean, when I'm in meetings, I actually look at men. And it's quite true what, what is said is that, you know, people's first impression is actually quite important. Mm. And I have to make myself not discount men because they look a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I'm thinking, yeah. which side of the bed did you get out on today? <laughs> and why is it that you expect me as a female to look smart and to be intelligent when you can't be bothered. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, but, but I think 
it, it does depend on what sector and what industry you're working in as to you know what is acceptable and what isn't. Yeah. Any other questions? Thank you. That was really interesting. Hello. Um, I had a question. It was more about the psychological part side of it. Mm. So I guess you style very, very different people. Mm. So how do you manage to analyze their personality and know in advance what they would like, what what they will feel comfortable in, what... Yeah. And also, do you have a specific signature? Like, do you like dressing people in a certain way? Well, or when it is it always I, different? I guess you're... I mean, you're thinking specifically around um, celebrity dressing or, or dressing someone for... Celebrities. Right, exactly. And when it comes to that, I don't do a lot of that. I'm more in editorial, um, but... It's funny that you ask because if that did ever become something that I took forward properly... When you become AOC's stylist? When I become... A <clears throat> yes, exactly. When I become AOC's stylist, you bet I would have a formula and I would absolutely roll out something really specific. Have you thought about it already? Yeah. <laughs> My pet hate is when people... This is going to sound awful, but I really don't like... I love... Sure, so, roll down the street in a, in a yellow feather the dress or a red, red one. Red one, red one, big bird not. No. Um, but I really don't think that it's such a kind of... I don't know, it just doesn't get me or maybe it's just my taste when people try on numerous different kind of I'm having fun with fashion and I'm like doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that and I'm like oh my god it's just like a big soup and Sorry, I don't know. you mean like all influences on the planet I can't cope with it I can't cope with it and I don't like it so I'm I definitely have always had a thing whenever someone's asked me of like do you would you Tallulah would you be interested in dressing this person it's like yeah but know that it will be like this they will look chic they will look timeless they will look elegant i'm not playing they can't play not on my watch <laughs> this is the way that it's going to be so it's kind of like if someone signs up to that i want you to be my style me too down i just don't i don't i don't play and i think that lots of people do want that like oh no i found this really cute thing and the song i really want to wear this it's no you will look ridiculous you want to look time you want people to look back at photos of you and go holy shit you look amazing so you couldn't have styled elton john for example <laughs> not unless no no i guess i couldn't i guess i couldn't Stage performance. I mean, I watched the Beyonce um, documentary in Coachella um, of her big Coachella performance and her getting to the place where she could do it um, that's on Netflix now. She And she is extraordinary. But there were so many things of, why is she wearing that? She shouldn't be wearing that. <laughs> mm. She shouldn't be wearing glitter right now. Like, it needs to be streamlined and chic and pristine as well as sensual to allow the incredible movement of her body to do her thing. But I'm like, there's all these bells and whistles and it's like <laughs> she's 14 and she's not. True. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I feel bad. Sorry, Beyonce, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> but Beyonce's a listener as well. Like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Anybody else have a question? Well, then you can have more champagne. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much you. for coming. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thank you so much to everyone who attended our first ever live recording of Fashion No Filter at the Escada flagship London store on Sloan Street. Next time, we promise to open up our live recording to you, dear listeners. We'll be sure to let you know in time where to get your tickets. Now, the question on everyone's lips. Everyone. Everyone. We must declare that, as you may have guessed, Kemi was in his, donning a fine hue of blue. While Monica opted for a more overt feminine statement in hot pink tailoring, complete with a ravishing ankle-bearing culotte pants. Why, thank you. Oh, and let us not forget the heart-shaped earrings that kind of remind me of Lady Diana. Yeah, they're clip-ons, which has a really cool kind of 90s vintage feel. Great job. Thanks, great job, you. Definitely some of our finest tailoring. Definitely. A great success. A great success all around, methinks. Thank you to Lula for your brilliant insights. And of course, thank you to this episode's host, Iskada. And as always, dear listeners, do not forget to rate and review on iTunes. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 